Hebrews chapter 11 is where I want to be coming from, from today with you guys. Um, we're going to start in verse 4 and actually go through verse 7. And this is, this is going to be, really this is going to be awesome. I love it. God's got a word for you today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay, well we were good a minute ago. God's got a word for you? All right, we got this. We got this. Here we go. Chapter 11, verse 4 of Hebrews, it says, By faith, Abel, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which his obtained witness um, that, that he was right, which he obtained witness that he was uh, righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, being dead, still speaks. It, it, that to me is kind of an awesome. I mean, that just really, that really cries out. It's so true, right? Even today, we're still talking about the difference between Cain and Abel. Come on, there's, there are messages all the time talked about between Cain and Abel. Why? Because of the faith that was brought into that situation. Even being dead, God's still speaking about it today. Verse 5, here we go. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he, he, he did not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. So, for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please God. Uh, for it is, you know, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. Come on, that's a big phrase right there. Must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Verse 7 says this, By faith Noah, uh, being divinely warned of these things, not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared the ark uh, for the saving of the household, by which he condemned the world um, and became the heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. All right, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for our time this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the, the, what you uh, have for us today. Lord, let it hit our ears today. Father, let those things of the world that may have uh, tried to bind us down this week be shed today so that we can just fully press into you. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey here to do it today, and I, I love this. I, I'm actually going to step back. Right in the middle of verse 6, it's that two-letter, this that two-little word phrase that just jumped out to me. And this, we read this scripture a few weeks ago, and it comes out, and he says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. That is such a big phrase. I, I love how God can put the smallest words in the word, and those have the biggest, most powerful impact. In the middle of all this, he is, is the biggest thing. I'm going to take you on a journey this morning. And, and it's pretty cool. We go, let's go into the Bible. Let's go to the very beginning. Just in your mind, we know this scripture. You know, we, we know Genesis, right? In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. Okay, go down. The seven days. We know all of that that happened. But here's the most amazing thing. From the very beginning, God put us, he says, okay, I got something really cool. We're going to make all this stuff. This is really neat. But um, there's one special creature that I want to create. How are we going to make that? How, how are we going to make that? And so you can imagine, you know, God, the Father, Son, they're all talking together. Like, well, I don't know how are we going to do this. Let's make them in our image. Okay. Okay. I like that. That's a good idea. Let's, let's make them in our image. And, and he did. He says, not only did he just say that he was going to make us in his image, he came down, found the best of the best of everything else that he'd created, put it together, handcrafted us. And says, okay, this is going to be better. I'm going to make something so much better. I'm going to handcraft this one creation. And, and think about this is right now you go around and, and when you go to farmer's markets and stuff, people look for the handcrafted items, right? Well, why? Well, yeah, because they're better, right? We look for them. There's something that intrinsically, you know, gives you a sense that 
it's a lot more special. It has more value. I want to show you a picture of this. this uh, a couple of years ago, um, we went to, to Guatemala. There's a couple of pictures here. And it was really kind of fun because we got to go in, in, into some amazing places, meet some amazing people. Um, there was places that we went to that, man, you know, you wonder how people live there, but they do. And it's so amazing. And it's cool because you can go and you go to... The, the, the thing that I like is no matter where you are, the God that we have here is the same God that they have there, you know. Come on, we have an amazing building right here. You know, we've got all these... Oh, my Lord. Oh, you were kidding. All right, there we go. That's the character drawing. That's not the real. No, that's just. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, no, I love it. But anyway, no matter where we are, now you can go back to the other one. That's fine. That's fine. I like it. That just reminds me I need to go to the gym. That's what that is. Thank you. No, let's go back to the first photo. It's good. Um, but no matter where you are, whether you're there, whether you're here, the same God is in each place, right? So, I mean, we were up on a mountaintop. You know, it's really, you talk about a mountaintop experience. It was really kind of cool. We were literally on the top of a mountain having church service in a place where there's chickens and ducks running around. And it's the same amazing God and the same character that I find here in a building where we have nice seats, air conditioning, heating. We're out of all the elements. And those folks have to walk up a mountain. And let me tell you, if you think that's easy, it's not an easy task to do. <laughs> we did that. And some of us, not only did we do that, we threw 100 pounds of food on our back and then went straight up the side of a mountain. That will tell you how fast you are in shape or not. <laughs> I was not sure I was going to make it to the top. I actually had to hand this thing over to the pastor who was half of my size. He threw it on one shoulder and walked up. I'm still in the middle. <gasps> okay. Not in shape, in shape. But anyway, talking about handcrafted, here we are in Guatemala, and we got to go to this cool little town called Panajachel. It's, in, it's on the, it's, what's the name of the lake out there? I always forget. Atitlan. Atitlan. Okay, so that was one, it used to be one of the seven wonders of the world, the deepest body of water that's landlocked. You can't, they haven't even found a bottom in this thing yet. It's so big. Gorgeous place all around this lake. There's these little towns where people are putting their heart and soul and their hands into hand crafting items. Okay, so we went off of the main drag, you know, where everybody goes and buys all their souvenirs, and we were able to take a boat and go out here, and, and that shirt that I was wearing was made by, uh, there's, there's a couple ladies that work this shop on that very loom right there. It was a handcrafted item. To me, it made it so much more special. Why? Because not only did I get to see the creation, but I actually got to see the creator of the creation. Amen. It, it, it draws something so much more. We went to another small town. We got to see pottery and it was so cool um, to watch the creative mind going. You know, you could just imagine God has the same wheels going, right? The same creative mind that he had here, he's given to us. So there's a room full of guys just sitting there making designs and painting with whatever's coming to their head. They're doing this right there in front of us. And we can walk from position to position, from the pot being made to the pot being, you know, painted to it being glazed and, and, and put in fire so that now, now it's solidified. And the most gorgeous creation coming out the other side and getting to watch that whole process. It's so cool. And what made it more special? Why? Because we got to see that it was handcrafted, 
right? I, I've gone on other trips and we went down to some markets. I'm like, oh, these are the coolest things I've ever seen. You flip it over at Made in China on the bottom. I'm like, that's not even the country that I'm in, you know? This isn't a handcrafted item, right? It's not as special. It might say the name of the place that you're in. Okay, that's great. But it wasn't as special as being able to go where and actually see something that was done uh, by the hands. That's who we are, amen? Come on, here we go. Back to creation. So here we go. He made everything. With just a word, he made everything. Come on, the, the awesome expanse of his imagination. He just said animals, okay? He had to say one word. Now we can go to the zoo and see some of the weirdest things you've ever seen in your life, right? You ever actually seen a platypus? What is that thing? Is it part dog? It's part beaver? It's part duck? All God said was, go. And he just, it was there. But he saw fit to go a little bit farther with man. And he says, Here, here's the thing. Um, he didn't just call us into existence. He called all of these things into existence and they had life instantly, right? Let there be birds in the air and, you know, let there be fish in the sea. Boom. They're all just there. Boom. They're there. They're alive. It's done. It's said. He, he didn't do anymore. But with man, not only did he come down and put together the best of the best and create a handcraft, he gave us a jump start. He took the very breath of life and breathed it into us to bring us alive. To me, that makes me feel a lot more precious, a lot more special. Why? Because it, it shows we have, he had a much more hands-on relationship with us. He built us for something more, right? He built us for really a relationship. You, you know, it tells me that he wants to, um, he doesn't want to just observe us from a distance, you know, despite that song in the 90s, you know, from a distance, God is watching us. No, he wants a relationship, right, with you and I. He wants to be hands-on. It, it's, it's, it's such a cool thing, I think. Come on, yeah, a couple of you are singing it now. I'm sorry, I just, I threw off, like, there's a whole group over here. From a distance. I just, I lost, like, a third of this side. They're just, they're singing already. But not just to be observed, but to, to really to walk with. You know, Adam and Eve had it so awesome, right? I mean, he showed us from the very beginning. He says, not only to do that, he came down every single day and wanted to walk hand in hand. He wanted to have that relationship with us and walk with us. But what makes that so great is all of this comes back in knowing who he is. That's really what I want to talk to you about today. Getting to know who he is. Really having a relationship, but understanding who he is. You know, in any relationship, I kind of see it, at, you know, well, I mean, you read any self-help expert or whatever, they've got a million different ways to put things together, but I'm going to call it in a relationship, really, there's three phases. There's I don't know you, I know a little bit about you, and I definitely know who you are, Okay. And really in our spiritual walk, we have the same thing when it comes to getting to know God, right? There's, we have this moment where we don't know him. We might know a little about him. And we definitely know who he is. The, the nation of Israel, if when you watch them go throughout the Old Testament and you follow them generation after generation, there were different generations all living at the same time where there were those that experienced what God did. They were in the know. They were in the middle of it. They walked out with him. You know, they, they experienced the miracles. They went through the desert. There was food coming down. There was water when they needed it. Everything was taken care of. There were those that were walking along and said, yeah, I remember them talking about that. They kind of knew who he was. And then you got to a generation that was so godless, they had no idea 
that there was even such a thing as a God other than the things that they were putting up and worshiping. They didn't know the real God. So in our walk with, we need to get to that ultimate relationship. First point today, if you're taking notes, I am. That is my first point. God wants to tell you who he is. He sets up a baseline throughout word with I am. In Exodus 3, I'm going to read from verse 11 to verse 14. Think about this. So here we got Moses, who's being called out by God. And, he's, and, and Moses, Moses, you know, he says, hey, um, I want you to go and you're going to go uh, into, into Egypt. You're going to go to Pharaoh and you're going to help get my people out. Verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children uh, of Israel out of Egypt? That's a pretty bold statement for Moses because think about this for just one second. Moses is now standing in a place where there's a bush that is burning in front of him that is not consumed by the fire that is burning in front of him that has told him to say, take your sandals off because the place that you're in right now is a holy place. And his concern is, well, who am I that I can go... Hello, you got something more pressing in front of you, you probably need to look at and think about for a moment, right? And God turns around and basically says in verse 12, he says this, he says, I will certainly be with you, you know, and this shall be a sign that I've sent you when you've actually brought my people out of Egypt and you shall serve God on this mountain. God said, I got this. Um, you're looking at a bush that isn't burning and you think I can't handle that. This, this goes against everything that you know. You light something on fire, it's going to disappear, right? Like it's going to burn to ash. And you're worried about going in. Okay, that's fine. Let me tell you then, Moses, I got this, okay? I'm with you and it's going to be a testimony that I'm with you because you're actually going to lead those people out. Moses wasn't done yet. He said, indeed, okay, so when I come to the children of Israel, you know, what am I going to say? you know, to them that, that the God of your fathers has sent me. And they say to me, well, what is his name? What shall I tell them? Come on, he's being a little bit of a child, isn't he? <laughs> Think about it. It's like, well, again, God has just told you, I got this taken care of. Well, what, 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 what am I going to say? I mean, here's a guy that's got a speech impediment, right? If you know about Moses, Moses was not the best orator. This would not be Moses' comfort zone right here, standing in front of a group of people going, okay, this is what we're going to do today. Moses is going, but, 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 but God, you, you, you don't understand. What, what, what am I going to what am I gonna say to my, my, my pe people? God said, okay, okay, fine. I got an answer for you. Here's the best thing. I'm even going to make it easy. I am who I am. Tell him that. I am who I am. That's it. Done. Okay, I can work with that. And then he goes on. He says, well, okay. Let me, let me say it this way. Thus you should say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God again said to Moses, here we go. He's trying to build Moses' faith a little bit here. I am who I am. Okay, let's, let's make it a little bigger, Moses. Let me build something bigger. He says it again. He says, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the Lord of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. 
This is my name forever, and this is a memorial to all generations. Come on, he goes to them, he says, here's the thing. I was around before those generations that you knew about, and I'm going to be around long after those generations that you're in right now. That's who sent you, Moses. That's who sent you off to come to talk to these people. Okay. God didn't leave it alone right there. He's told us over and over again who I am. John 14, verse 6, he says what? I am the way. Laying it out very clear. I am the truth. <laughs> that seems to be one we have a problem with, right? Truth seems to be getting a little bit relative, but God says, no, 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 no. There's only one truth. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. John 8, I love this, John, John, a little bit before that. So here's what Jesus brings to them and says, this is who I am. Not long before that though, roll it back about six chapters and John 8, 58, 50, 58, 59 says this. Here he's in the temple and, and people are asking about it. And Jesus says, okay, most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Before the man of faith that you knew, I was, I am, I am am on both ends of the spectrum. You don't understand quite, but you get it, right? And they're like, oh, they got mad, right? They just straight up got mad. They just, okay, they started, it says, they started to pick up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself. This is how awesome he is. He's standing there, right, that'd be like me right now, standing right here preaching to you guys, and, and I just disappear and walk through you guys, and you don't even see me. And that's what he did. There's a group of people gathering around to stone him and he just hit himself. It's not the only time he did it, but I, I would have, that would have been amazing to just see where you're like, yeah, let's. Um, there was a guy that was making us mad, right? Like, you heard it too? Okay, I'm just making sure because now I'm feeling a little crazy because like, he's not standing there anymore. But he hit him and he says, here's the thing. He is establishing who he is. He says that I am. I am is really a place when you don't have a relationship with a person, right? It's establishing a baseline. So, you know, the first time I, I love on Sundays, I love to get to meet new people. And, you know, when they come and, and, and it's the first time I get to meet them and they say, well, you know, how are you? And, and you get to say, hey, I'm so-and-so. This is my name. Uh, this is what I do. This is who I am. I'm giving you my I am. I'm giving you my short resume. This is who I am. I'm a pastor here. I'm a father. Hey, my, I, you know, uh, I'm a husband. My wife's over there. I've got two great kids over here. I am, I am, I am, I am. That's also their moment to get, okay, let's establish for my, but this is my favorite part. Let's say, okay, who, who are you? Of course, I don't ask it like that. Come on, that'd just be rude. But anyway, but tell me about you. Okay, well, I am so-and-so. Yeah, we live right over here. Oh, okay, you're giving me your I am. I'm starting to understand who you are. Now, whether I know you, whether I don't, those things don't change, right? I am a pastor in this place. I am a father. I am a husband. Those are things that don't change. That's who I am. I got two kids in the front row that can attest to that. I'm a father, right? I like the glasses. Anyway, all right. I just, I just saw what she did. Anyway, whoo, come on. 
But you use I am really to get to know that person. It's the same with a parent and child. You know, I, 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 look, at, I look at Abby and Chris back there and, and their cute little one. And, and you know, when you first, when they're first born, you know, she did not know the difference. Right? It's just another, there's another person out there. But what are they going to say? Hey, I'm your mom. This is who I am. I'm your dad. I'm setting up the baseline. This is who I am. Grandma and grandpa. I'm grandma. I'm grandpa. I'm Mimi. I'm papa. I'm fill in whatever the blank, you know, whatever your name is for that, right? This is who I am. You're setting up the baseline so that young one gets to know who you are. Man, I always loved your, your little grandson, Easton, man. He was, it was, he had no idea who I was. We came to meetings together and boy, she'd sit down and he would just look at me like, I, I don't know you. And she would, oh, that's Pastor Dustin. Yeah, that's who I am. Meeting later, couple meetings later, the next thing I know, she shows up and he goes, he comes over. Why? Well, we, had this, we had a relationship that was established. We were here when we first met. But until we understood who each other were, we didn't have that relationship. Come on, it's, it's amazing. And just those two words, though, God was able to fully describe himself, right? It's a phrase that covered everything and transcends time. So whether you know him or not, the things that are said about him are still true. Whether you have that relationship or not, it's still true. When he says that I am, you can bank on it. Amen. Amen? Think about this. Read through the Bible. Find out all the I am's that you can. He says, what, what do you say? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am your help in time of need. I'm your provider. I'm your savior. I'm your healer. I'm the light in the darkness. I'm your guide. I'm your helper. I'm your friend. No matter what you need, no matter where you are, no matter what needs are in your life, no matter your trouble, I am. Amen? Come on, but there's just no way of totally understanding that, what I am, in, you know, with, without, it's, it's hard for us to comprehend. Come on, he messed with so many people, made so many people mad, because all he said was, I am. There's, there's no other descriptors. For us, we have a finite number of descriptors, right? I, I can write down probably eventually on a few pieces of paper all of my I am's. That's who I am. But there are volumes and volumes and limitless, endless volumes of who I am actually is. Amen? And come on, we got to take it though beyond I am into a new phase. Second point, he is. Now he is is really kind of cool. It's, it's a way to describe to someone another person. He is, she is, you know. Who, who, who are they? Matthew 16, 13 and 14. This is so cool. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he asked them, he says, who do men say um, that the Son of God am? Who, 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 do, who do men say that I am? Well, they had a varying number of responses, right? Well, some say, and you can imagine people saying this, you know, it's a man on the street interview. Well, who do you think this guy is? Well, let me tell you who he is. You know, whenever they get those, why can they not find somebody that just doesn't make us look bad? Like, I lived in the South, and they never seemed to find anybody that didn't make us look bad when they put them out. Well, can you tell you? Well, sure, I saw it coming down over there. Anyway. Um, but he can say who he is. And they say, well, some, some will say, well, he is John the Baptist. Okay. Well, some will say that he's Elijah. Some will say, well... I don't know which one, but he is one of the prophets. He 
he is is a phrase that can be really powerful or can also get you into trouble. Right? He is is a way that rumors get started as well. Right? It's kind of tricky. If you use it the wrong way, things can kind of go in a bad, bad way. And you're talking to somebody and go, well, you know that Billy guy there? You know who he is? <laughs> He's the guy that, um, it, well, and, and, then, and then his wife, Deb, did you hear she's the one? Neither of those things are anywhere near true, whatever that might be. But I can tell you a few things that say, oh yeah, you know, I know him, that's Pastor Chris. You know, he came, he was, he's a, you know, he lived down in Miami and he, you know, and he ended up in Guatemala. Yeah, he's a, he was a missionary in Guatemala, man. He's a guy that touched a lot of different guys' lives. There's a difference in what I'm saying about that versus this. Why? Because there's a knowledge here. I know what he did. I was there and I experienced some of that. This, eh, well, this is what I heard. You know, he is, is a powerful phrase that can also, again, get you into trouble. Again, speaking from a position of knowledge, we know people and we trust these people, right? How many of you have, <laughs> how many of you like have a, have a, have a guy, you know, like you've got, a, I got a car problem. We, we, you know, I know growing up our family, we had a guy. Right? We had a car guy. Like, he could take care of anything. It didn't matter what it was. That was our guy. Some of you ladies say, oh, well, I got this gal. She always can help me out with, you name it. You fill in the blank, right? We all have a guy or a gal or a number of them in our lives. And when somebody asks you, says, okay, you know what? I need help um, fixing a car. Hey, let me tell you. I know a guy. Uh, he's over here. Why? Because I'm speaking from a position of knowledge. I've experienced, I've walked through with him before. It's okay, yeah, he's fixed all of my cars before that I've ever had a problem. So let me tell you who that is. You got a go-to person, right? But when it comes to God, we need to get to that place for ourselves where we can say that he is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. He is my savior. He is my provider. He is my comforter. He is my shelter. He is my answer. Yes. Why? Because it's a position of knowledge. I can tell you that, that we've, been, we've been at City, City Church here for over 20 years. And man, I tell you, we've, the, God has moved us through a number of fun things and challenges. And, and, and I've been in places where I felt like my back was up against the wall. And God, I just don't know what to do. And, 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 and at various moments, when I need him, he is there. He is that answer. I remember being in Omaha and I've told you guys the story and I just don't know what I'm supposed to do and am I supposed to stay in Omaha? Do we need to find a new church? I don't know what's going on. God, you need to talk to me. The only two of us in this entire world that knew that conversation really were Heather and myself. And we come to a prayer service here one night and we're driving in from Omaha. We come here, we had the prayer service and God very clearly through a man, he was praying and he says, God said, he provided an answer. He says, God said, I have placed you here. This is where I want you for a reason. It was an answer because I can now say, God, he is my answer. Yeah. Amen. I can tell you that he is my healer. Come on, over 20 years ago, I found myself on an oper operating room table having a surgery that at best had a 50% chance of leaving me with no pain for the rest of my life. God provided for me not only to do that, but he gave me no, no pain at the end of that. He gave me one of the best surgeons in the entire United States that does that surgery to work on me. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I lived through a month and a half of things you just don't want to do. 
it hurt. I couldn't eat. I was, I mean, it was just a miserable month and a half waiting for that surgery. But at the end of that, I know that it was God's hand in it, that he was my healer, that right now I'm able to stand and do this thing right now. Yes. Come on. Amen. Come on, the doctors told me I'm not supposed to have full function of my left leg ever again. I still go out and play some sports from time to time. I should be happy to walk to and from the front door, let alone going out and play volleyball or basketball or do anything with the kids. He is my healer. He's put me past it. Amen. But how do we get to that point to know him, to really be able to declare those things to say that he is in my life? We have to take our relationship to the next step. Third point. You are. You are takes it a little bit better. Here is the best of all. Here's where we start to have breakthrough. Matthew 16, 15 through 19. Is here, here we're talking to Peter. And he says, all right. We're going back. And, and earlier we found out what other people thought. And he says, Peter, what do you think? Who do you say that I am? And Peter said to him, he says, whoa, you're the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, he says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh did not tell you and not reveal that to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Come on, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Amen. Amen. It's so awesome that he gave, he says, Peter, here's the thing. You have finally got there. That revelation, you've gone beyond just saying, well, I kind of know who he is and I've been walking around with him and I've seen him heal. This is the guy who's healed a lot of people and he's done this. And, and he says, who do you say I am? You're... You're not just any man. You're not just John the Baptist. You're not just any prophet. You are the Christ. You are the very son of the living God that is among us. And it's so cool. And God says, great. That's what I wanted to hear. Because for generations to come, what I'm starting with you will not fail. Amen. And it's so cool. And now we have that same very promise. And we can say, oh, that's so awesome, God. Thank you that when we pray, we can bind things here on earth. Yes. Come on, when we pray for people like Sister Sue up here, and we say, we bind cancer and that ain't coming back. Right. It's not going to take you. Amen. And we believe that and we pray that. Guess what's happened? She's here. That's right. Amen. Now, it may come up time and time. She's still here. Amen. Amen. Why? Because we've already said to the cancer, you're not going to win this game. It's already been bound. You're done. You've lost. Come on, you are as a powerful place to be in. It moves you beyond the realm of just knowledge, but brings you into the heart of experience. So there are things that you can only truly know when you experience them. Right? Back to the concert. You can only know how great that concert was if you're there. I mean, I went, I went to some concerts when I was younger. And I tell you, I, if people would have described it to me, okay, that's great. But I tell you, some of these guys, and I'll, oh man, I don't know if I should say it. But, so I went, <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it alone. Anyway, that's all right. That's all right. 
Oh, anyway. So Garth Brooks. Anyway, I went to a Garth Brooks concert. I have to admit it. I was younger. I had a country phase that happened. All right. We can move past it now. But um, no. So we go, to, we go to this Garth Brooks concert. And it was, I tell you, that guy was one of the best showmen that I have ever seen in person. I mean, that guy just did things on, you know, just I, had somebody tried to describe what he was doing it just falls flat. I mean, to watch the guy literally jump off the side of a stage at the crowd, and at the last second you see a hand go out and he hooks a foot, grabs a ladder, and is singing while swinging over the front row of the crowd out here. Yeah, see, that's the look I would have had too. Okay, that's cool. But man, when you're standing there and you're watching him do this thing, you're like, wow. Like, if that would have been me, you would have seen my face in that wall right there because somehow I would have missed that rope or something. But no, anyway, but I got to experience that and that's something that will never be taken away. Back to Guatemala. You're never going to be able to take that experience away because I stood there and watched and felt that and understood. I have that shirt still hanging in my closet. Come on. Well, you saw how the first picture turned out. That's kind of what's happened. So it doesn't fit like it did. So I can look at it and it's really pretty and I can remember the experience, but I can never forget what God did for us also on the rest of that trip. Because every time I look at that, I remember, oh man, I remember those people that, you know, we were praying with them and, and, and God did this for them. And man, the look on their face when we were able to deliver food. And that was only through the goodness of God that we were able to raise more money than we even expected to go on the trip. And we had extra left over, which allowed us to go and be a blessing to somebody else. Now I have that experience. You can say that, God, you are faithful because you were able to go above what we even imagined. Say, God, this is all we needed to go to Guatemala. You provided this much. Man, so that means we were able to now provide this much to people where we could have maybe at best done this. Because why? You are our provider. You've taken it farther than I can imagine. Come on, what should this do for us? It should put our, it, 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 this is how our walk of faith should follow. We should go, you know, knowing, knowing him, right? So taking a relationship from I am to he is, but not just stopping there, where we just hear about and we find out about God. But we can go and dig deeper. We can go further into that relationship where we can say, God, you are. Amen? Isn't that amazing? We can take it. He's, he wants us. We can call on him. We can go to the word. Here's the coolest thing that I don't know if you've ever studied this. But man, over the next year, I would encourage you to do this because hopefully you have not had to experience all of them yet. But if you go through the scripture, there are more than 200 names for God in the, in the, in the Bible. Why are they there? Because he's already covered it all. Now we have to quantify things, right? So fortunately for us, he broke it down and says, okay, let me give you my names. This is who I am. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am Jehovah Nisi. I am Jehovah Sidkenu. I am, I am, I am. I'm your faith. I'm your healer. I'm your provider. You fill in the blank. We need that. But take the time and go through that so that we can with confidence say that he is. Can I give you an example? Sam and Abigail, come here real quick. I'm gonna, I wanna, I wanna make this real. I'm gonna show you this with these two guys right here. You're gonna make it real for me today, okay? All right, wait, let's go up here. Abigail, can you come over here? Sam, stay on that side over there. Yeah, that's right. So don't fall, please. That's, that's not a part of it. If he falls, it's really, we're not, this isn't a he is a healer thing. That's not what I was going for. 
it would be good, we could do it, but that's not what we're going with. So before Sam and Abigail were Sam and Abigail, we knew them as Sam, Pastor Solo's brother, and Abigail from Illinois, and there's a lot of other things I could say, but I'm going to leave it alone, okay? We've known each other a while, so, but I'm, I'll, I'll be nice. So for you, Abigail, I'm going to ask you, before you met Sam, tell me two things about who you were. Before I met him. Before you met him. Who you were before you even met him. Two things about you. A teacher. Okay. Um, an organizer. There we go. See? All right. So here's Abigail. She's a teacher. Okay. And she's an organizer. Mm -hmm. Sam, who are you? I was a worship leader and I was a not organizer. Okay, there we go. See, all right. <laughs> That's awesome right there. Okay, we'll take it. All right. Two truths right here, right? <clears throat> they don't know a thing about each other yet. Okay? But one day, take a step closer here, would you? Okay, put your hands together. Dearly beloved. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. All right. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going to give you another one. <laughs> Renewal. No. But now all of a sudden, Abigail's been on a trip and she's heard about this guy and met this guy. And well, who's that? Well, let me tell you who he is. Uh, he's Sam Wanya. Uh, he, he's a worship leader. And by the way, he's not very organized. Okay. And Sam's like, okay. Um, who's that? Oh, that's, uh, that's Abigail Zare. Uh, you know, she's, she's back from the States. Oh, cool. She's a teacher. Hey, that's awesome. And she is really organized. <laughs> awesome. So now they know, but the relationship isn't quite there yet, is it? <laughs> Years later, and we're here at church, and all of a sudden, uh, Abigail's opening her Bible, and this picture of a very young, handsome man keeps dropping out of her Bible, and she keeps getting embarrassed, and we're like, ooh, Abigail's got a boyfriend. Anyway, no. Um, and she sees, and we get a seat, but I saw this picture of this guy all of a sudden start showing up in her Bible, and we're like, huh. And she, honest to goodness, she carried this thing around, and you're like, no, I didn't do that. Yeah, you did. Anyway, but I remember you open it, we saw this picture of him, and you're like, it could go somewhere. Anyway, but now all of a sudden, years later, and what happens? These two come together and they're able to, in the experience, you are. Right. Abigail's in a place where she can not only just say that, you know what, he is a worship leader and he's not very organized. She can say and take it to a deeper relationship. You know what, Sam? You are, why don't you look at him, not me. I don't want to say it. It's all right. There we go. <laughs> she can say to Sam, says, you are the love of my life. You are the one that God has put in my path. You are my comforter on this planet. You are the one that God has ordained for me to be with. Amen. Sam on the other side can say, okay, you know what? It is so amazing that God has put you in my life. He knew that I was not organized. Hallelujah, that you are an organizer. Thank you for that. God has placed you in my path. You are the woman that God has ordained for me to be with. That is why I have remained single to this point because he had you for me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Come on. Give it up for him. But it's so true, isn't it, right? The, the relationship is so much different when we're here than we're here. And, and what, what should that... Okay, um, well, now that I let you guys sit down, worship team, you guys can come on up. Um, <laughs> when you get a hold of this and our walk of faith will become stronger, our lives will be better off, think about it, the very world that is around us will get changed. 
Yeah. And and um, think about it, right? Truly grasp a hold of this. Read through the read through scriptures. Declare it, and when you do so, it'll become more powerful, right? Think about this. He says. When you read the scripture and it says, My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. When you've experienced him, when you've walked with him, you can say that, God, you are that. It becomes so much deeper than just reading the scripture and go, Okay, it says that you can supply all my need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's great. But when you've been at a point of need and God has provided, you can say, oh, come on. I know somebody that's in need right now. Let me tell you about my God. Let me tell you who he is. He can get a hold of you right now. He can fill that very need right where you are. Where you are right now. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter what it is. He can do it for you. 